Welcome to Parenting Your Sensitive Child. Parenting a highly sensitive child can feel overwhelming, and all the parenting books in the world can only get you so far if your head and your heart are out of alignment with your child's. I'm your host, Julia McGarry. Let's create a new parenting paradigm. Today is March 1st, 2022, and it seems more relevant than ever to discuss what to do when big, scary things are happening in the world. Do we protect our children and preserve their innocence as long as possible? I mean, that's an option if you have a young child, but I'm sure you know if your child is elementary school aged or older, Protecting them from what's happening in the world becomes an impossible task as they overhear things and pick up so much at school. And if you've been listening for a while, you may have picked up on the fact that I believe our children are capable far beyond what they're typically given credit for. I personally don't subscribe to the idea that we must protect our children from what's happening in the world. But I also don't believe that we need to expose them to what we might think of as the harsh realities of life so that they're prepared for the real world, right? Our number one job is to help them make sense of and navigate their reality. This includes processing their emotions and understanding the contexts for their day-to-day life and activities as well as building compassion for and connection to the lived experiences of other people. So social justice in a nutshell, right? So when big things are happening in the world, how does that philosophy factor in? Do we talk openly about it? Do we try to filter it so that they're not experiencing unnecessary anxiety? I have some thoughts, and with this in mind, I'm going to give you a couple of guidelines, two specific guidelines for discussing heavy or challenging things with your child at whatever age they are, okay? Because the specifics of what you say change as your child ages, but the foundation remains the same. Are you ready? Let's do it. Guideline number one is be transparent with your own emotions. Your emotional reaction to political tension or violence or war is likely going to be the first thing your child notices, no matter how old they are. If you try to protect them from your fear, for example, and tell them everything is fine, it's only going to make them more uneasy because they can tell. They can tell that everything is not fine and you aren't telling them what's going on. Okay, your child does not need you to protect them from your emotions. They are more capable than most people give them credit for. That said, they don't need all of the details either. So I would start with explaining your emotional response and then fill in the other blanks as they're needed. 
And that's actually the second guideline. Guideline. Let them show you how much information they need. Answer any questions they have, but keep your answers as simple as possible and follow their cues to determine when you've said enough. Another way we could say that is listen more than you speak. Listen for how this is impacting them, what information they're missing, what they need to know, and then respond versus trying to explain it all or fix it all. Okay, so to give you an example, this weekend I had a conversation with my daughter and she's seven and we had a conversation about what's happening in Ukraine and I actually started it because I wasn't sure if she'd heard anything, what she knew since she's homeschooled. Um, so I told her that I wasn't sure if she'd noticed anything but that there's been a lot happening in the world lately that has a lot of people feeling pretty worried. I told her that I was feeling okay, but that I've been paying attention to the news to see what's happening. And you want to know what her response was? Are we in World War III? I told her, no, we aren't in World War III, at least not yet, but there is a war happening and the rest of the world is watching to see what will happen. I asked her if she remembered learning about Russia, and I started to tell her that the Russian army had invaded Ukraine. But she glazed over at that point and moved on to something else, so I let it go. She got the information she needed and moved on. Your conversation will sound different based on your own child's background knowledge, fears, and curiosity, and their age, honestly. My daughter has watched The Sound of Music repeatedly, so she knows a little bit about World War II. And we've also talked a lot about geography and different countries, so it makes sense that this is where her mind would go. It also makes sense that she tuned out when she got her question answered, which was, even though she didn't actually say it in words, am I safe? As your child gets older, the information they need from you will likely change and they may not know how to ask you about it. Instead of needing the details, they're much more likely to need your help managing the information overload and ensuing anxiety that can come from school and technology. As they get older, they're not only going to hear things, they're going to be able to do their own research, so they are going to have access to all the information that you, ha that you have that might be making you feel anxious or scared. But they don't have the same level ex of experience navigating that kind of anxiety, that kind of fear, those big emotions, right? So I want to offer that in this context, it's more important than ever for you to build awareness of your emotions, for you to learn how to process them because your child is going to need your help in doing this too. It's important for you to be aware, for example, of when you're reading up to keep up versus when you're reading up because you're feeling anxious. So often when we feel anxious about something that's going on in the news, especially we look for answers to try to soothe the anxiety. 
but we actually end up exposing ourselves to more information that we didn't actually need and we actually end up creating even more anxiety, right? It's this loop that so many of us find ourselves in. Your kids can find themselves there too. So get in the habit of asking yourself if you really need to know what's happening every time you get the urge to check the news. If the answer is no, and you find yourself doing it anyway, you may want to create some rules for yourself. You may decide you're only going to check the news at lunchtime, for example. Or maybe you decide that you are turning your phone off at 8 p.m. to give your brain space to process all the information and emotions that have come up for you throughout the day. Do the work of figuring this out for yourself. How much information do you truly need? Are you trying to create a sense of safety by learning more? What else can you do instead to help yourself feel safe right now? Do the work of actually articulating answers to these questions and making the changes that you need to preserve your mental health. Your children will learn through what you are modeling and you'll be able to explain your choices to them and help them figure out how to navigate their emotions when big things are happening in the world. Right? I hope that this is helpful as you're moving through this week as things are shuffling and changing every day. And I will catch you in the next episode. Do you feel like you're parenting 24-7 and you're still not sure your child is getting what they need? Are you ready to stop parenting reactively and start living in partnership with your sensitive child? Are you ready to reclaim time for yourself and time for your dreams? Then you're going to want to explore coaching with me. I help my clients tune out all the noise, better understand their kids, build a parenting strategy that meets their family's specific needs, and do the mindset work necessary to implement that strategy consistently without sacrificing themselves in the process. To get started, just head over to partnerpath.com, click on coaching, and get your free consultation set up. Let's get to know each other.